This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, my name is Paul Wheelock and a very warm welcome to the post-game podcast to look back on win number 15 from 18 unbeaten Premier League matches for Liverpool. Yes, the Reds won 2-0 at Wolves on Friday to ensure they will be top of the pops at Christmas for the first time in five years. And more importantly, it ensured they stretched their lead over second-place Manchester City to four points. Mohamed Salah opened the scoring to take over as the league's leading marksman before setting up the outstanding Virgil van Dijk to notch his first league goal for the club. We'll kick off, as always, by getting the verdict of our Liverpool FC correspondent James Pearce and then hearing the full audio from Jurgen Klopp's press conference. And the show will round off with the thoughts of the five Reds fans who have phoned in. Matt Addison, Nathan Davidson, Mark Baker, Matt Whitty and Sam Planch. But before that, I'll be reading out the comments supporters have been leaving on our Blood Red podcast page on Facebook, which you can request to join. And if we can make a request of our own, is if you can leave us a nice review and rating on iTunes or whatever you listen to our podcast. So I wish you a Merry Christmas, and the post-game pod will be back after the Newcastle game on Boxing Day. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, Liverpool will be top of the Premier League table for Christmas. They were 2-0 winners here against Wolves uh, at Molyneux tonight. A fully deserved triumph for Jurgen Klopp's side. Seven straight Premier League wins. And this amazing momentum they've built up over the course of December continues. Really, really impressive display from the Reds here tonight. I think, uh, you know, probably like a lot of fans, I came here thinking that this was a, was a really, really difficult test. Wolves have been in fantastic form. Three straight wins going into this. Of course, they took points off City here. They've also taken points off Arsenal, uh, Manchester United um, and Chelsea. Of course, beat them a few weeks ago. So uh, Nuno's side, full of confidence. I think you know, the place was rocking as well before the game. Um, but, you know, what maturity, what discipline, what control we saw from Klopp's team again. Of course, when know those first kind of 18 months to two years at when Klopp took over we were we were treated to, to some exhilarating football um, but the complaint always was that Liverpool just couldn't keep the door shut at the other end and certainly this season with the tweaks that Klopp has made you'd have to say he's got the balance absolutely spot on 18 Premier League games Liverpool have played this season 15 wins three draws and 11 clean sheets it's just extraordinary you know it's uh, it's a start to the season which is unprecedented in the club's 126-year history. And when you think of the, the teams, the managers, the players who have represented this club over the, you know, that period of time, you know, it, it is absolutely sensational what this team are doing. You know, it is the perfect mix of silk and steel. You know, a brilliant opening goal here tonight. Um, got to take your hat off to Fabino. Uh, played a lovely one too with Sadio Mane and then picked out the runner Mo Salah who just goes from strength to strength. You know, what a, what a rich vein of form Salah's in. Now the top scorer in the Premier League once again. So normal service resumed there. Tucked it away brilliantly after Fabinho had, uh, had picked him out. And then you know, what, what was most impressive was that when Wolves rallied, Liverpool dug deep. So resilient defensively. Uh, Van Dijk absolutely immense again tonight won all his aerial battles so comfortable in possession um, I mean, that was a real test you know Adama Traore is a real handful with his pace and his power but you know there was a great moment in that second half where Traore tried to outpace Van Dijk and Van Dijk nonchalantly kept up with him and then just out muscled him as well for good nature and gave him a look as if to say you know did you really think you'd be able to get the better of me there and uh, the fact of the matter is nobody can get the better of Van Dijk at the moment I don't think 
there's a better centre back in, in in world football. You'd have to say on the on the form he's produced. Um, amazing to think we're coming up to the first anniversary of his Liverpool career. When you think of all the pressure and expectation that accompanied that 75 million pound move, and the biggest compliment you can pay to him is that people don't talk about that fee anymore because they know he's been worth absolutely worth every penny. He's been so key to that transformation. And you know Liverpool just bossed that game in the second half. You know they kept Wolves at bay, didn't give them a sniff, and then when the chance came, they finished them off. Uh, Van Dijk volleying home, um, Salah's cross. Van Dijk's first Premier League goal for the Reds, his first goal in any competition for them since that uh, dream winner against Everton on his debut. So that was long overdue. Um, you know, with how good he is aerially, I think we should expect Van Dijk to be chipping in with goals. And Liverpool could have had a few more late on. Salah and substitute Gini Wijnaldum going close, but um, another big step forward. You know, questions keep getting asked to Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool, and they keep coming up with the answers. Uh, they, they roll on the juggernaut uh, again as, uh, as as demolished another hurdle in its path and now it's all about the visit of Newcastle to Anfield on Boxing Day The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo I don't know how much we need it, um, how much somebody any team needs this year. It's only that I said that the what is really different because everybody asks me about the situation and how does it blah 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 and first in the table and all that stuff. And at the last, what somebody said, the uh, last four times uh, um, the team was on Christmas, um, first in the table won the league. But uh, was it ever such a tight race? So if you want, I think if uh, all the other. Always win tomorrow as well, or when they play. Um, then I think three or four teams have more than 40 points at Christmas. That's really that's really exceptional. So if you want to do the headline, Klopp says you need 105 points to become champion. Do it. Uh, I don't think about it. I, how you see him with the number? I didn't think before about it, and I don't think now about it. I only just to try answer in a polite way. Yeah, very mature, I think as well. Such a difficult game to play, because all the things we we, we want to do, or I think in modern football, I like the plan they have because it kills pretty much everything what you usually do. With, with, uh, with uh, take a little bit of a risk if you win the balls and have quite a wide formation, but typically, especially with the rain tonight, heavy rain, wow. Um, it made it a bit more complicated. The, only, the best thing to do to to stay in charge of the game is to, to keep the ball. And we did that first half an hour and the second half and the last 15 minutes of the first half was not... We, yeah, it's like we had a little break. And, um, and then immediately they fire the ball from half right to half left and stuff like... Uh, or far left. And then you have to run like crazy and that it's just not a good decision not to stay um, in charge of the game. And so, but second half we, we we could do that again. Both goals obviously had nothing to do with the things we did in the game. Just we we were really quick in mind around two set pieces, which was brilliant. Um, actually, we thought before the game that could be today very decisive because we when we made the analyze. Um, it was not that we saw where we have will have six, seven, eight chances in the game. So then set pieces are a nice add-on, and the boys were really focused on that tonight. So good, good game, 
deserved win on a difficult place. Um, all good. Yeah, yeah, we needed it. Chini was now just ready for a rest. That's how it is. Um, and um, so Hendo and, and Fabinho, of course, they can play together. And today it was a very, very physical game. So we needed proper bodies. And it was hard for all, for everybody. Yeah? You saw it. Wow. Um, and I'm not 100% sure about the grass. But I think it's a little bit different to, to, to Enfield. I'm not sure. But it felt like so. Yeah, it was a bit deeper. Because maybe because of the amount of water. <laughs> and um, so that makes it life then a lot more comfortable for all of them. So really hard work. Hard work tonight and um, I'm completely happy how they did it. Just how I said, we, we could have controlled the game a bit more. Um, but especially then second half, Mo was obviously still desperate to score. So he was um, made a few sprints still and um, had a, we had still a few chances. The biggest one in the last minute, but or last second nearly. Um, are completely happy with the performance really it's just such a difficult game it's not how you want to play all the time football but you want to have the attitude all the time that was just brilliant nothing serious nothing serious no oh no it looks always. I mean, if I'm, if I, when I speak on a pitch, it looks always animated. Most of the time, it's completely senseless. So it's um, no, nothing. I, I don't know. It was nothing important. Yeah, that's a challenge. Uh, that's a proper challenge. So it's just, it's just difficult. The, the, how I said, the way they play and they change a little bit today pro with proper, with two proper strikers, and you saw it. So we have the ball. We pass around. Adama and Jimenez um, are really involved in defending, but in the moment they are overplayed, then they are really in smart spaces. They hide in smart space, you lose one ball, and wow. And then you have really uh, to use your motorbike in the best way, especially when Adama is playing. And so the boys did, did really well, very physical. It was clear that it needs to be physical again. They were physical in a very good way, I have to say. No, no real ugly challenges tonight, really. And that could have happened on a. On a how is that with the rain tonight? You cannot touch it probably. But both teams really tried um, to, to play football and to, to defend clean and it was, was just good. I don't know. Did you see it back in the, the first two situations? Was there a penalty or, or not? Because he had a proper cut on the foot. So everybody said, uh, Diver, uh, yeah, don't get a cut from a diver, I would say. So that was one thing, and he had another one on his on his ribs. So that's obviously in a, didn't work out, but it should be good. So two um, two things which are, are a bit painful, but I don't think will be a problem for next game. Yeah. No, I have no problem with talking about individual performances. We could do this constantly, but to the players, <laughs> to the specific players, then probably. Um, no, yeah, it's in a good, it's in a good moment. Very important for us. Um, hopefully, it can stay like this. So very, but, but both the work, the, the work rate is just um, in general outstanding. How we defend it, I really, 
I love the boy, but it's um, what the, the two in front of them, what they have to cover, they have, much, they have to run much more <laughs> to make life halfway um, comfortable for the center half. So they did well. Dan again, for him, after the, he had not a perfect preseason, all that stuff. So now having game after game, that's all good. Without that, we don't have a chance. So, how um, said we won deserved, and yes, and Birch played um, a proper part in that. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Right, before we hand the show over to the five Liverpool fans who have phoned in, it's time to read out the comments you've been leaving on our Blood Red group page on Facebook. Michael Kalasia says, great win and clinical again. Johnny Wilmont says, great win, not as fluid in passing as we would have liked. However, Wolves are a tough team who have taken points off Man City and Chelsea. Great for Virgil to finally get his first goal in the league. 2-0 win and top of the league for Christmas. Bob O'Hanlon said, clearly suffering from a United hangover, but job done and top at Christmas, perfect presence. Sanjay Mystery said, wins like this win you championships. Credit to Wolves for playing better than us in the conditions and we rode our luck at numerous times. This time last year we drew 3-3 v Arsenal in the Friday night kickoff before Christmas in a game we bossed for 75 minutes. One year on, VVD has made one hell of a difference. Top of the league on the 25th, enjoy your turkeys. Robert Hall said, Wolves were a very good team. We've gone there and kept a clean sheet and while we didn't dominate, dominate, I should say, like we have done most games this season, we did what was needed. Christmas number one. Sam Williams said, just love how solid we are this season. Don't have to play amazing football every game to win. Felt we were always in control of the game and at 2-0, always a threat on the counter. Virgil is nothing short of superb, just so calm and so assured. Thought Fabinho was good again. Salah does what Salah does. We march on. Merry Christmas, Reds. Now, Murphy said, really professional performance in tough conditions against an excellent team. VVD is such a class act, he just glides across the pitch and he never looks under pressure, even in terrible weather conditions. Mo seems to be back to pre-shoulder injury form. Fabinho is showing what he's all about the last few games. His positional sense is really impressive. Colin Beachy said, it's not the 4-0 and 3-0 wins that take titles. It's a night like this where you don't play well but grind it out. Jeremy McMahon says, Salah and VVD, different gravy. Can't do much more than put the pressure back on City. Roll on Newcastle, let Shaq off the leash. Proper professional performance, top of the league. Andy Odger says, VVD is head and shoulders above any centre-half in world football. Has the pace to beat anyone required. I actually have to agree with that one. Uh, Mohamed Ayubi says, Van Dijk is the best signing of the modern-day era. People aren't laughing at that price now. Johnny Wilson said, VVD edges out Mo for MOM for me. Amy Smith said, I love Virgil, the absolute best. He was amazing with the final touch on the ball. Well done after some hilarious misses previously. He deserves the goal. What a night. Four points ahead. Top of the league Adideo Oki says was really worried about this game so it's a fantastic win Wolves are a great team and with a bit of luck may have gotten something from today's game VVD is the new god sorry Robbie he was absolutely brilliant today now I have a different worry what if VVD gets injured also wonder why Klein didn't start today after such a brilliant game against United anyway great win come on you Reds Eddie Baldera said, amazing game, kind of got nervous after we scored. They looked like we, they were going to get something before half-time. Great win, perfect Christmas gift. 
Byron Holt says, great game. Salah looks like he's starting to peak again. Really enjoyed Fab and Hendo partnership. Allowed Henderson to be more box-to-box. In the words of James Pearce, I've run out of superlatives for Van Dijk. Absolutely colossal. Ed Sam said, been mentioned a number of times already, but this feels like a big year for us. Every football fan, regardless of what team they support you meet, all say the same thing. Your team are looking good. And Steve Brightside says... VVD reads the game so good, hardly needs to tackle. That is the mark of a great player in his position. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hello, it's Matt Addison for the post-match podcast after Liverpool have won 2-0 at Wolves to guarantee top spot on Christmas Day. Wolves had scored just once in the last four Premier League home games against the Reds and somehow they didn't score today. Allison had a couple of dodgy moments, as did uh, a couple of other of the defenders. Fabinho as well, but in difficult conditions, Liverpool got through. The interesting thing before the game was that on Jordan Henderson's 300th game for Liverpool, he was partnered with Fabinho for the first time this season, and I think that could be the way forward to get both of them into the side at the same time. It's probably not the best thing for Naby Keita, but it does allow Henderson a little bit more freedom. And you could see that his energy, he enjoyed that, being able to go forward, press and use his ability, um, his energy, to get around the pitch safe in the, in the knowledge that Fabinho's behind him and can offer a bit more protection. Fabinho, as I mentioned, had a couple of horror balls that he played backwards, but generally I thought he was good. One of those came right at the start and one of them came right at the end. But other than that, he was pretty perfect in the middle of the park. Mohamed Salah with the first goal, it was a superb finish. His 11th league goal of the season. Um, Really good performance from him again. And it was great to see a little smile after he scored. None of the uh, non-celebrations as he has been doing a few times this season. Roberto Firmino just behind him as well was excellent. He's really talked to this new number 10 role that Jurgen Klopp's employed him in. He took a few games to get used to it, but now he looks really sharp and he looks like he knows exactly what he needs to do. It also allows Salah a bit bit more freedom to play centrally and to get himself on the score sheet as we've seen him do so many times before. The second goal from Virgil van Dijk came at a perfect time. He was certainly due a goal and he deserved it for the way he performed today. It was another world-class performance at centre-back. He dealt really well with the pace of Adama Traore and one or two of the other Wolves threats. With him in the side, Liverpool just don't look like conceding a goal. Newcastle next on Boxing Day, and Liverpool need another another three points. I thought Adam Lallana was really good when he came on, and he'll probably start. Serdan Shakiri too. Quite possibly one or two other changes, perhaps Alberto Moreno at left-back. For now though, Liverpool have done what Manchester City couldn't do, and that's beat Wolves at Molyneux. Make no mistake, that was a marker in the title race. Hi there, Nathan Davidson here talking about Liverpool Football Club 2, Wolverhampton Wanderers 0. So first, you just got to say a great result. Like I wouldn't have been surprised today if uh, it had ended in a draw. The Wolves have had such a good record against the top six. of Every time I've seen them play, to be honest, they've played really well. I saw them a few times this season, saw them quite often last season. And they've been really, really impressive every time I've seen them. But today I thought we did a real good job and we did well. So with the lineup, first of all, I was a little bit surprised to see Shakiri on the bench. I thought after his heroics on Sunday he might have got a start, but I think Klopp wanted a bit more of an even balance in the middle of the park, so maybe left him on the bench. I was also surprised for Klein. Like I know he was his first game back, but I thought he would have maybe started again, try and give him some more game time when he did come on at the end. But 
surprised to see Milner come thrown straight back in there. Um, in the first half, it was really positive from Wolves, much like I expected. They did really, really well. They were giving us no time on the ball at all. They were snapping, aggressive in tackles. And they looked a threat, especially on the counter. They had pace. And I thought we, I thought with Joe Gomez missing today, it was a real challenge for Lovren um, against Adama Traore. He's obviously fast and strong. And uh, Lovren strong and matched him in the strength, but on pace just struggled a little bit. It was a real challenge, but I thought as a team we rallied round and held that off well. So 17 minutes in, Salah gets the opening goal. We get a bit of a maybe maybe a bit against the run of play, look at the break, but the ball it's a free kick. Not much comes from it. It falls to Fabinho, him and Mane work on the right hand side and you know, a crossing opportunity, and then Salah just one touch bang in the back of the net. Great finish from Salah. Absolutely fantastic! I thought Fabinho man, they did well on the right hand side to create that space and make that goal even like the opportunity for it to even happen. So that was really good. And then as the first half progressed, I thought the you, the weather you could see when watching on the TV it looked awful conditions down there. And that was causing the ball to travel even faster across the surface, causing a few problems defensively for both teams. But um, I think as a team we were quite we were quite controlled and held it out quite well. It was just individual mistakes that were causing issues, and that was what gave chances to both teams, especially towards the end of the first half. One one player I've got to mention for Wolves who I was very impressed with, and I've been very impressed with every time I see Wolves is that Matt Doherty, right wing back. Every time I see him for Wolves, he's he's been very very good. He's always a threat. He's always offering something very much like Andy Robertson does down our left. Is what he does down there, right? He's always a threat. He's always about, and we saw a couple of times that he broke through, had good chances, didn't quite maybe get the finish, but was always causing problems for Alison Becker or our back def- our back line. Sorry. So then, as the second half progressed, I thought we took the control back, and there was um, especially at the start we quite composed, did quite well, and then as we as it went on in time, we. Developed it, developed the game, got more and more chances, and then just before, with about twenty minutes left to play, Van Dyke gets his goal. And I'm absolutely made up for Van Dyke getting his goal. No one deserves it more than him. He's been our rocker defence. He's been so solid and so such a leader. Just everything you would want from a centre back, and he's been an absolutely fantastic signing. So I was buzzing for him to get his first Premier League goal. Um, Salah obviously chips a little ball in right behind the defence and then there is Van Dijk to just stick his leg out and put it in the back of the net but I think he needed one of them just get him a goal and then that's going to really get him hopefully maybe getting a few more from set pieces because he's always in the right area and he's always winning them battles he just hasn't quite finished them off in his time since he got that first goal against Everton but absolutely made up from his score because he's so good defensively and he deserved that bit of luck going forward um, I noticed that in the second half Wolves were really aiming for the second balls they were winning a lot of those second balls and it was causing any chances they sort of got came from the second balls where we were getting beat and they were just being more alert and reacting quicker to those and just to sum up, really, I think absolutely fantastic. Couldn't have asked for more from the first half of the season so far. We're going to be top at Christmas, absolutely buzzing. But think like looking forward to the next few games. If we're still unbeaten after these next three games, where we've got Newcastle at home on Boxing Day, we've got Arsenal on the 29th at home, and then we're away at City on the third. If we're still unbeaten by then, 
we're in with a great shout for the rest of the season. We're in such a strong position and we couldn't ask for anything more, really. So, yeah, that, that's, what, that's where my hopes are. I'm just hoping we can keep going and keep doing what we have done. Obviously, City away is going to be a massive, massive test, but it's one that I'm, I'm actually looking forward to, surprisingly. You wouldn't think like, going to the Etihad would be an enjoyable task, but I think I'm, I'm quietly confident we can at least get a point there. And then, yeah, the only other point, really, from the game was the individual mistakes, I think. I'm hoping it was just the weather today. We need to make sure against Newcastle that we can't let that creep back into our game because we've seen previously in previous years the problems that that can cause us. But no, all very positive. Up the Reds, keep going. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Mark Baker commenting on the Wolves versus Liverpool fixture in the Premier League. So, another fantastic result for Liverpool and one that was achieved after having some struggles in the first half in which Liverpool had problems dealing with the opposition's shape. And I think it brought me back to a podcast a few weeks ago that I talked about the possible positives and negatives to playing 4-2-3-1 as opposed to the 4-3-3 system that Klopp's obviously his default system if you like and I talked about the fact of covering the wide areas of the pitch when you're out of possession and I think we've seen one of the problems that Liverpool had with that today with Wolves operating with two wing backs and able to push them into higher areas of the pitch so as I mentioned before with the 4-3-3 the reason it's worked well for Liverpool and Liverpool have had success from it it's allowed their higher players the three highest players in the sides the forwards, if you like, to remain high up the pitch at all times because your two number eights as a three-man midfield shuffle over into the wide areas of the pitch and deal with the threat um, on the sides, really. So when you go to a two-man midfield and you're asking two players to then cover that ground and deal with wide areas, it's simply not going to happen. So then what you do is you rely on, obviously, having your two players who are playing in in the wide areas of midfield to, to do that job, if you like. Now, Liverpool's two players today in them positions were Sadio Mane and Naby Keita. So, in one player, in Keita, you've got a player who is almost playing in an half space, really. He's not playing on the left-hand side. What Liverpool are obviously concerned about is the switch from the three to the two in midfield. They're worried about getting overloaded in the middle of the park, and it, 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 it is a worry. And I, I can totally understand why Klopp is playing one player narrow off one side of the pitch. So the idea behind Kaiser playing there will be that in possession and out of possession, Liverpool are able to get an extra body in that midfield, able in possession to obviously be a better passing option um, in compact areas. And also, when the, they haven't got the ball, to enable the the distances of the players in that midfield not to be stretched and not not to be such a problem in terms of the opposition being able to play through that central area. But the problem you have with Keiter on the negative playing in that position is his natural positioning, if you like, in that half space centrally means that the quick switch is always on to the, the left-hand side of the pitch. It, it, it's, a, it's quite a distance for him to be able to cover if his... If his duty, if you like, is to stop the the ball being played through the central area. So 
Wolves were able to switch that ball quickly. Again, that's a, another problem because Liverpool were, they were playing in between Liverpool's shape, if you like, and they were able to get the heads up. Liverpool weren't allowed to weren't able, if you like, to to pressurise the ball and allowed the switch. Kaiser's position then made them difficult to deal with the wide player and the fullbacks had a massive problem because normally you'd say well that's not an issue because the, the fullbacks can go out and do that job whether it be Robertson or Milner but Wolves play with a split striker system and what they were trying to do was they were almost trying to pin the two fullbacks by playing their central strikers off in wide areas meaning that the fullbacks were then occupied and they couldn't go and apply pressure to the ball in the wide area and Liverpool were caught between two stools really of whose duty that was and whose job was it to do and when the Wolves did make them switches they were threatening at times Manny's position obviously talking about Keita playing infield but Manny's position as well was an issue because he's used to occupying that wide forward space in a 4-3-3 which means he can almost play a cheap position when Liverpool are out of possession allowing the number eights in the midfield to shuffle across deal with the wide area and allow him to occupy the higher space in case the Bills turns over and then obviously Liverpool are on the front foot so he was caught in a position where he was too high up the pitch so again that allowed the opposition wing back to be in so for two different reasons the wing backs were getting great joy and having a lot of time on the ball and Wolves was able to double up with a 2v1 overload and although what I would say is I mean people could say Liverpool were was somewhat fortunate to go in at 1-0 and I can see that they didn't create a great deal themselves but I never felt that that Wolves stretched Liverpool to the point where they had outstanding goal scoring opportunities I mean Alisson's made a couple of comfortable saves and the fact that Liverpool have got Virgil van Dijk means that a one-on-one opportunity for example for Adama Triori which really against most centre-halves will be a massive problem, although he can be erratic as a finisher, he's got great speed, but Van Zijk's ability to judge distance and engagement with the ball means that he just basically forced Triori into the area he'd like him to go, full in the knowledge really that it was going to take something spectacular to beat his goalkeeper. So I'd only call them really half chances, but again, they could be massive chances if it isn't for the quality of the centre-half that Van Zijk is, and I've spoken about this before, but I think that in, I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to go on, on about it too much again. But absolute world class centre half, and again, I don't, I don't see a better player in that position. But I remember talking in a couple of weeks beforehand about the differences between that four-two-three-one and the four-three-three, and the wide areas without the ball being a being a potential source of problem for Klopp. And I think we just seen a bit of that in the first half, really. And it's going to take some adapting. Liverpool have been used to playing a shape and a formation for a long period of time now. And there's going to be team problems. And I think that's all it was, really, without Liverpool really ever being on the back foot where it looked like um, they were they were going to lose the game, if you like. So, obviously, Liverpool have gone in and they managed the game much better in the second half with the positioning of the players, enabling them to put better pressure on the ball, stopping the switch... And really, it was quite a comfortable second half in what, what what could have been more difficult than it was. But again, great credit can go to Klopp for that. Um, the readjustments that he made and making making Liverpool see out the game much more comfortably. I think, as much as I'm talking about Van Dijk and I mentioned about the fact that Liverpool have got a few world-class players running through the spine of the team, which, as, as good a side as Liverpool are, them individuals, them world-class individuals make a difference. And... Van Dijk obviously at one end, but Mohamed Salah again at the other end. I thought he was playing a different game really to the rest of the players on the field today and, and does 
for the majority of weeks. His awareness when the ball comes into him, with his back to play, whether it's picking up the ball um, in a wide area or in the highest position centrally, his awareness to bring others into the game, his touch with different um, surface areas of his foot, whether it be the sole, the inside, the outside, his, his power to hold off opponents, his ability to isolate people one-on-one and his finish for the, the goal was absolutely world-class. And he, like I've said before, he's a world-class player and ultimately world-class players are the difference. So as much as Liverpool are a very good side, them individuals, and, and it was shown again today, so in the in a first half where Liverpool didn't play particularly well, an absolute moment of magic in the way he finished the ball with the, the outside of his foot, which makes the finish look easy. It's, it's, it's anything but. But I thought his all-round game was fantastic. Absolutely world-class player again and he did demonstrate it once again he was just head and shoulders really alongside Van Dijk over everyone else on the football pitch I think one thing I'd say is just on a negative side for Liverpool I think I still don't know what Naby Keita is as a player um, another worrying performance again today and I'm never one I'm never one really to judge players early and I'll never have an opinion early on a player I think we've got to judge them over a long period of time Klopp's obviously tried to shoehorn him into the side, if you like, in this inside left position. And it, it, again, you're still really waiting to, for him to kick on. I thought he was loose in possession again today. I didn't think he, he offered much in an attacking sense. And it, obviously, he's gone off injured again today. But going forward, I think the reason I bring him up is Liverpool are going to continue to play this system, I would imagine, for the most part of the season now. I think he will adapt at times and go back to his tried and trusted. But it is a system they're going to use very often. And because he doesn't want to get overloaded in that middle of the pitch and he wants to keep three central players in there, he's going to have to find a player who can play that position if it isn't going to be catered. And he, he, he continues to struggle to influence games. And, and don't get me wrong, before I say this, his performances have been better, but they've still been at a very, what I'd describe as average level so far. And obviously he brought on Adam Lallana today. Now, I'm a massive fan of Lallana. I think he's a fantastic footballer. I've said before that not many better players in, in terms of the Premier League and playing off the back foot and, and combining really midfield to attack. Obviously, he's had severe injury problems and he hasn't been able to get a run of games. But it was no no surprise to me that Lallana was the player who was brought on in that circumstance and he'd be used a lot more. I mean, people talk about... You know, why, why isn't Shaqiri playing? And it's simply because of the position he wants the player to occupy on the field. He wants almost a half-wide player, half-central midfield player, if you like. And Lallana fits the profile perfectly. It always makes me laugh because I think to myself, you know, obviously Naby Keita comes with a massive reputation from Germany. Obviously, has ability. There's no question about that. But the idea that Adam Lallana is somehow a spent force and Naby Keita, you know, everyone wants to give Keita the benefit of the doubt, wants to see him in the side... But the reality is, not Naby Keita's show me means that he's a better footballer than Adam Lallana. And I think Lallana will have a massive part to play in the coming weeks in that position. Um, obviously, against the, the, the poorer opposition or the more limited opposition in the league, Liverpool will be in, bringing the likes of Shaqiri into, it, into the game and, and maybe tweaking that system. But you can definitely see against um, the mid to upper echelons of Premier League teams, the clock will want to find that player who can do them two jobs in and out of possession. So I think, like I say, it's just one to watch, but I think Lallana, for me, will have a big role to play, and I'm sure in the manager's thinking as well. I have absolutely no question about that. Um, 
wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't expect to see him, for example, the same system and setup as against against Newcastle, for example, because they're a team you're going to have to break down. You're going to want more craft and creativity. And obviously, I believe Shakiri's been absolutely fantastic for Liverpool. And I just wanted to touch on him before we before I went because I think one thing I'd say about Shakiri, he's a different player in terms of his 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 passing range and. His ability almost to stroke the ball into players, got a great way to pass, great vision, sees everything, can play in central areas for me, although Klopp doesn't see him playing there. And I think he's been a massive boost to Liverpool and obviously won the game against Manchester United. But I just think in general, I just think he's such such an important player to have and something that Liverpool haven't got in the squad. And as much as I'm talking about the fact that Obviously, I'm, I'm looking at how, how Klopp sees the game and how he'll go with it and who am I to dispute that. I mean, he's had fantastic results and I think he continues to be that. But I think against the lesser opposition, you have to find a way of getting Shaqiri in your team. I just think he can break lines with passes, he can see things other people can't. And he's just been a, a massive, massive signing for Liverpool. I can't, I can't do justice how, how, how well he's done. I think he's impacted nearly every game he's played. So, massive positive for Liverpool anyway. And um, going into the Christmas period, obviously top. You, you cannot argue with Liverpool's first half of the season. The points accumulation has been not short of remarkable, really. Hi, it's Matt Whitty, cop season ticket holder, reflecting on Liverpool's fantastic 2-0 win away at Molyneux against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, a fantastic result, uh, certainly coming at a, a crucial time for us and uh, against opponents uh, who'd, uh, who'd already taken points off our rivals against uh, uh, in the matches against City and Chelsea. Uh, Wolves certainly caused us problems, uh, particularly in the first half. Uh, firstly, through uh, uh, quick diagonal balls, I thought we, we struggled a bit with those, those sort of, as soon as Wolves turned the ball over from us, they were looking to hit it into the uh, sort of the wing areas in front of our full-backs. I'm guessing with our... Four-two-three-one formation, and probably even with our four-three-three, you know that 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 would have caused us problems, particularly as they just seem to nail it. You know, f- certainly in the first half, every single time. I mean, there was a particular ball from Connor Cody where he just pinged it, and uh, yeah, you know, we we were we looked susceptible to uh, to 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 to, uh, to them starting attacks through uh, through that route. Um, and it certainly turned us. Um, interestingly, their, their chances in the first half really came through poor, poor possession from us. So us taking slightly too many risks with chances, often not really under that much pressure. So Fabinho in particular, very early on in the first five minutes or so, tried to try to pass that. You know, I think most most people watching were just thinking, don't try it because you could sort of see it even before he made it, and it was cut out, and then. Uh, they had the uh, they had the chance through through Traore that thankfully went uh, went wide and uh, the game felt like it was on a knife edge for for quite a quite a long period really during that first half where you know we, you were wondering whether we could make the incisive one or two quick passes or the quick switches or in doing that would we see possession and and and, and lead a chance uh, ultimately I thought the quality told at, at both ends of the pitch. Uh, firstly, Salah, um, he was immediately alive after a pretty poor free kick, really, but he was so alert, and it was just a brilliant run to to weave in behind the uh, the Wolves back line uh, and find space in front of Connor Cody, who hadn't really made a mistake up until that point, but there wasn't really much he could do in terms of defending Salah, making that run from the six yard box towards the the penalty spot. And it was a brilliant finish, uh, brilliant flicked finish from Salah to just 
touch it into the corner from a from a cutback from uh, Firmino, um, from uh, Fabinho, sorry, who'd uh, sort of uh, probably remembering his uh, his right back roots as he played that overlap after a nice one two with Mane. Uh, I thought second half uh, we generally dealt better with their quick balls. I thought Firmino had a, a great game in the in the number ten role, and I thought you know he had the work rate to drop deep and show for the ball. He had the class to hold the ball and play quick passes into the forwards, either round the corner or under pressure from one or two players and wriggle away and get a pass off into into space. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. And uh, I was thinking during the game, really, you know, if we'd signed a, a number 10, as many of us wanted to during the summer, and they'd put in that kind of performance, we'd be absolutely lauding them. So Firmino... Uh, didn't get on the score sheet today, but he put in a real shift, and he was a he was a he was a classy performer out there. Uh, the final word uh, has to go to Van Dijk. He was absolutely immense. He dominated Wolves really uh, through interceptions, his composure, his leadership skills, the number of headers he won from set pieces, all the quicker balls they 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 played into the box, and his strength to just muscle out muscle their players. I mean, you saw Triori go off after a pretty bright start, but he went off after an hour. And he looked absolutely knackered, and uh, you know, for the second part of that hour, he'd sort of moved on to playing against Lovren, really trying to stay away from Salah. So to see a sort of a, a before, you know, you know, it must be it must give him great confidence to see uh, you know an opponent go, you know, a dangerous opponent like Troy already go off uh, after an hour completely completely knackered, uh, and uh, yeah, he was just absolutely brilliant. And uh, rightly lauded by the by the travelling cop, and topped off by uh, a, a, a classy finish really from the. Uh, from the from the corner, it was just a lovely little cushioned cushioned volley into the corner with a composure that you don't really expect from your your centre half. Although with uh, with Virgil, we probably do do kind of expect that from him. And uh, yeah, I thought overall it was a, a real statement performance performance from us, where uh, our rivals had dropped points, and we're just not really used to that in the league. I mean, we're used to. Uh, cup runs or you know European runs where we punch above our weight, but we're not really used to you know uh, you know you know getting these great results in the league uh, when we haven't been at our best, but we've just had that extra bit of quality to to see us through, and uh, yeah, absolutely over the moon, uh, and I'm sure all of us can't wait for for Newcastle on Boxing Day up the Reds. Okay, so Liverpool have uh, played Wolves here away, and it was always going to be a tricky game. I think, you know, Tottenham found a trick, even though they edged it. Chelsea got beat here, City lost points, and, you know, I always thought it was somewhere where, when we've had a lot of fixtures on the back, you know, um, we've had the derbies, the Man U games, the Napoli, all kinds of games going on, where we've done well in, and it was a potential banana skin. And th- these, were the, these were the games where Liverpool are going to be tested, because in the past... These are the games where we faltered, you know. And um, tonight, I, I, I was really happy. Um, I thought there was aspects of the game that we could improve, like every game. And even when if you won a game five nil, I think you've still got to look at the game and think: Is there areas you can improve? Because it's like everyday life; you've still got to improve. But what I have got to say is that the the you know the resoluteness and the whole organization and the way that. We we control is the, the I think the big word is control um, games now is phenomenal um, and it's admittedly in contrast to exactly what I was saying weeks ago of you know why aren't we high pressing and why aren't we doing what we're good at um, and that was on the basis of last season where 
we had the best fun free in Europe for me in Salah, Manny and Firmino where we were just squash buckling and um, teams and, and steamrolling them. And this year we're not, we're more controlled. Um, and it's all centres around having a colossus like Van Dijk at the back. You know, and then you're adding into the fray a goalkeeper and Alisson who does make the odd mistake but still makes saves look easy. I mean, I think there was three, three or four saves tonight where, you know, he was just in the right position and he hit his chest rather than Mignolet scrambling in the past or not to just single him out. Other goalkeepers, Carrius, you know, and others. So we, we're all round better, you know, when you've got likes of Robbo. But what impresses me is we're putting Milner right back and we're, Lovren's having to come in and Matip come in last week and Klein coming against Manu and we're changing it so much and we've still only conceded seven goals up till up till this point of the season, you know, we're in, we're in late December. And we could be breaking all records here. So basically now we now look like we're good at controlling games and defending games. And to be fair, that's why, you know, that's not what I thought Jürgen Klopp was capable of. I, I thought Klopp was phenomenal and the best in the business at playing this relentless pressing, um, all-out attack and squash and football. And he's proved that he can now do the absolute opposite of it and and be so resolute, so controlled, so compact and so organised. And it's great. It really is great. And, yeah, yeah you know, again, I've, I've, I've got to say why, you know, we can't press every game and why we were never relaxing at 3-0 in the past and games, some games were 3-3 and stuff. is because of this. And now we can relax when, when we start going ahead and, and you know, if you want to win leagues, this is what you've got to do. And hats off to Jurgen Klopp. And you know, I, I thought Keita tonight could have had his chance. And and really, I think this lad's got ability. And I mentioned it in the past. And the only thing I'd say, I think he's playing on the left hand side, slightly out of position rather than in the centre. But again, he went off, and I noticed he had bandaging and stuff from an earlier injury. I think he got a knock early in the first half, and he ended up they must have bandaged it, and he went off second half. And you know, I said he might do big things, but. You know, listen, this is why I'm doing podcasts and I'm an IT manager and, and Jürgen Klopp's a football manager because he's, uh, he's phenomenal, you know, So and I'm not. So, you know, it, it, it's all about opinions and uh, I've got mine and, and, and I'll say mine. Um, I'll say them straight as. And let's face it, Klopp's doing a great job. I think he's a great man. Um, he's brilliant to listen to. Um, he's brilliant to watch. And now he's proved that he can not only do well with one side of a team, you can now change the complete focus of a team and play a completely different way and, and, and still do well. So hats off to the fella and we're still going. And, you know, there, there was a lot of focus about, um, you know, a top Christmas day. That's great. But that means nothing. Uh, we've got to go and do it the next time and the next game and game. And we've got to keep playing like that. But it's still got to be hats off to the lad. Um I, I never thought that as great as a, a love Klopp, I really do, and as much as I thought he was fantastic, I never thought he could manage a team that would only concede seven goals by Christmas. And, uh, you know, or thereabouts, and, you know, fair play to the lad. So it's great with top of the shop. Um, and, you know what, any other season we'd run away with it, but you know what? What I think we're doing this year that no one else has ever done 
is we're looking at City and we're giving them a bash. We're, we're really saying, well, no, you're not having a free run on this. We're there. We're going to stay there because we're Liverpool, you know, and we're just going to, we're just going to nipping around you and we're going to drag you back and we're, we're going to let you know that we're there, you know. We're not going away and and we're going to stay there and that's great, you know. Never say die, never give up and this is part of what the whole thing and I go back to when Klopp, um, he, he got a lot of stick for this by the way but I always remember there's a home game and I think we drew 2-2 against West Brom and I think we were getting beaten we scored a late goal, might have been a league, I can't remember but he done the, the, the whole salute where they all, all, all the players arm in arm and they raised their arms like a, what they used to do in Germany. Um, and he got a lot of stick to that for the points in Anfield and stuff like that. But I think the message he's trying to say is we're all together and we never give up. And this never give up, say, die mentality is something that people have always had. And it's something that great teams have. And I, I don't want to name them, but loads of teams have had them. And the teams that win stuff have them. And, you know, good. And he's got to breed this mentality. And, you know... We might be the best team to ever finish second, but you know what? We might just be the best team to beat a side who are virtually unbeatable. So why not go for it? And, you know, listen, it's progress again. Um, it's good to see. I think there is going to need to be some games when we're going to need to revert to the squash button and I don't know how we're going to be able to switch between being a controlled and being an absolute frantic team who goes all out, but... When we haven't got Van Dijk against Bayern Munich and Gomez is only just coming back or might be injured and stuff like that, we might have to revert. But you know what? We're capable of doing more than one game now. And everyone said we need a plan B. Now the plan B was let's go and buy a bigger lump of a striker and hoof it up to him. No. The plan B now is we can squash buckle teams. We can all out relentlessly press them. But you know what we can do now? We can control the game. We can just say we'll we'll sit here, and I'll be honest. I think tonight that was the toughest away game we've had this season. I mean, you know, Wolves pressed us; they really worked hard, and we had to work hard to do that. And I'll go as far to say is Salah played better tonight than he did against Bournemouth when he got a hat trick, because he held the ball up better, he linked play better, he ran the channels better, he made defenders think more, and. You know, I think Eddie Howe even said after the game against Bournemouth, Salah didn't look like he was as interested as normal and he scored a hat-trick and that's how phenomenal Salah is and we all love him. But what I mean is tonight, I think he'd done a lot more general play and I think by playing in the centre, he, you know, he, he's really starting to learn another dimension to his game and how scary that is for everyone because... I think another masterstroke from Klopp, it wasn't just bringing a, a top goalie and a centre-half in and changing. It was, Salah scored all them goals. Everyone's going to watch him. He's playing from the right and he's cutting in and he's better on his left foot than he is his right. Okay, will they suss that out? Will they just start showing him? Will they double up on him? What we're going to do is we're going to play him in the centre. Try and defend him there. And You know, listen... Buvak got all the credit for all this tactician. I thought we used to make subs late, and I think the subs have been a little bit better, not perfect. I think the tactics have been different and adaptable, uh, controlling, and better for the whole team. So, listen, all round, positive, great stuff. And, yeah, I might only have one tone of voice, but 
this is positive and what I'm saying if you're listening. So up the Reds and the next game, Newcastle, another three points hopefully on Boxing Day in, and let's go again because, listen, we're privileged to watch this team and it's great. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.